ESPN.com. The Dallas Mavericks play the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow at 5 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. The Las Vegas Journal Review. Started off with Tyler Bischoff on ESPN Radio. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're going to write fucking every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. Cocaine isn't cheap. Shove it in. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Ed and I are at home. Jared is in the Finley ESPN Las Vegas studio. Finley Toyota here for you at FinleyToyota.com. Uh, so we got more quarterback news yesterday that wasn't just Russell Wilson, but Deshaun Watson. He apparently met with uh, the Texans coaching staff uh, and reiterated to them that he wants to be traded. Dan Graziano reported that yesterday, uh, but the Texans are still not looking to trade him. Uh, they're still not fielding trade calls, which led to this report from Tom Pelissero. The teams have called the Texans trying to ask about Deshaun Watson, but the Texans aren't answering, and they've left voicemails asking about Deshaun Watson. And I've got to know, who is leaving these voicemails, and why do we know for sure it's John Gruden? And who is retrieving them? That's the best part. <laughs> Like, there's some kid in there who's, like, making minimum wage, and Jimmy's supposed to, like, push pound eight seven and listen to the messages and scribble them on the yellow piece of, you know, the pink piece of paper and hand them out to people. They The the important people might never be getting this message, depending on who's, uh you know, who's going over the messages and writing them down. Isn't the most important person right now in the Texans organization, like, the chaplain? Maybe he's, maybe he's retrieving the Easterby. messages. Easterby. How about if this how about if this chaplain doesn't want Deshaun to go so he's not passing on any of the messages? And like Gruden's called 40 <laughs> times, like I can't get a call back from these people. Okay, and how many voicemails have you received this year? Oh. The year? I, oh, the year? Yeah, just January I mean, I, and February. Because I'm looking um, right now. I've had I've had three. Uh one from you, one from my bank, one from my dentist. I'm gonna be out on Monday because I gotta go to the dentist and get root canal done. So that's fun. And a five-second voice message from somebody that just said, I'm sorry, wrong number. Um, Jesus, I wish. Um, so at the paper, at the paper. Oh, you average, get voicemails. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Average three to five, uh, it, especially after I write when they want to rip me. I mean, if I don't write for a day, like the next day, you don't get anything. But on the days you write, you always will get like one or two the next day. On my personal phone, like my iPhone, you know, maybe two a week because I usually oh, that's answer a lot. the phone. That's a yeah, lot. I usually two answer a week. the phone. I mean, well, and, you know, the greatest thing in the world is caller ID. And sometimes, uh, you know, you hit the red button right away. So it goes to voicemail. But uh, not that I would do that out there. Um, but, you know, enough to where enough to where I have to get into the phone and listen. I'm just curious because I don't know. I don't know the last time I left a voicemail for somebody. But who... Who is calling in 2021, not getting an answer from the Texans, and actually leaving a voicemail? Because that's a foreign concept to me. The idea that I would leave a voicemail when I want to discuss something important. I mean, think of the people who are currently managers of NFL teams. These are the people that if they, if they, they might fax something after the voicemail doesn't go through. 
Uh, so that's I why it's John Gruden, right? He's the one. Has, has the Gruden now. called and left a message? Yes. He had to have, right? You know what would be awesome? If somehow Frank Caliendo got the number and pretended to be oh. Gruden and, off, and offered like five number ones. <laughs> we will give you five number ones, Carr and Darren Waller. If you want more, call me back right away. Oh, Frank Caliendo calling his different NFL head coaches. Yes, to, that's different. To... And then he does Belichick. We'll give you Cam, five number ones, and this. And then they finally get the message like, man, we're getting a lot more than we thought we were going to get. He, he single-handedly drives up the cost of Deshaun yes. Watson. It'd be awesome. <laughs> he, he's be calling awesome. and bidding against himself. He's like, I yes. know I know. Bill just yes. called you, man. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're going with six. <laughs> yeah. I know Johnny. I know Johnny put out a thing, but you don't want to live in Vegas. Come on over here to uh, Buffalo. A week later, the Texans are checking their voicemails. Like, yeah. what the hell happened? Yeah. You yeah, have call- seven first round <laughs> picks. They're calling Gruden and saying, "Why would you do that, John? Why weren't you serious?" He's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> well, listen. If they if if Caliendo left the voicemail as Gruden, and they called oh. Gruden back and they said, "Hey, John, we accept your offer for Deshaun yeah. Watson." Do you think Gruden would say, okay, let's do it? No idea what the offer was. Yeah. He'd just say a yes to it. Like, okay, yeah. we're done. <laughs> if he got Deshaun Watson, I don't even think he, he would know until the league okayed the trade and someone faxed John Gruden the trade. Wait, we gave up what? <laughs> All right. That'd be I, awesome. I mean, I was at Hooters until like 10 a.m. last night, man. So, uh, you know. All right. At what point in this process... Do the Texans finally admit that they have to trade Deshaun Watson? Like, how many times does he have to tell them, trade me, before they actually say, okay, I guess we got to trade this guy? I'm pretty sure when they're stretching on the first day of camp and he's not there. And it's like, oh, he, he really meant what he said. Okay. Because, right, and here's right, you know, right now, you know, I look, obviously, if teams have called on him, you have to call on him. And, and you know, whether they're answering or not, you have to make an effort. I mean, it's Deshaun Watson and see where the market is. But... I think the Texans probably feel, even though he met with the new coach last week, that it gets closer and closer, and you meet with him again, and you know you, you placate some of his his desires or wants, and he'll come. But it seems like he dug the feet in, and if you open camp and he's not there, you've lost some leverage, obviously. But at some point, you're gonna have to say, you know, he's not coming in. We got to look at the. We have to finally answer some of these voicemails from six months ago. I got to imagine. If you're the Texans, you got to do it before the draft, don't you? Well, I mean, his his I, you're going to have more bidders for him before the draft because if if the, if they wait until the draft happens, if anybody trades up and takes you know Zach Wilson or Justin Fields in the top five, they're going to say we drafted our quarterback. We're not interested in Deshaun Watson. So I, I feel like if you're going to trade him, you got to do it before the draft because yeah. that's when you're going to have the most bidders and potentially the the best offers and highest leverage. Yeah. Have you guys read anything about Jack Easterby? No. It is genuinely frightening that he is in charge of the Texans. Was he in the movie Rockstar? No. Jack, oh, Jack Easter, Jack Easterby from the Texans. Yes. He in 2019 he was the chaplain and now he's the vice pre- executive <laughs> vice president of football operations. Well, he needs to answer his phone. He genuinely like. Players apparently didn't like him when he was the character coach because he would use, like, black stereotypes to talk to black players. That guy is Uh, the guy not answering the phone. I'm telling you, I would give anything if some kid walked in and the red light was flashing and he hit it and it said, you have 67 messages, 
And the kid just sat there and listened to every GM in the league ask for Deshaun Watson laughing. And he, he was there to, like, clean up the room or something. And the red light was flashing. He, he just, like, listened to all those messages. The fact that a, a, someone of any importance of an NFL team would leave a message on an answering machine is – that's a story in itself. I mean, that they would actually say hello. And, and here's the other thing. What's the message? This is Jack. I'm not in. Leave a message. <laughs> and like his beep and you start talking to the guy. I mean, I, maybe, I mean, it's may, preposterous enough to believe. Maybe you're leaving voicemails because you're like, okay, the chaplain can't be in charge. Yeah, I'm just exactly. going to call the people I know work there <laughs> yes, and leave yes. them a message, not oh. realizing they all left the organization when the freaking chaplain became the executive <laughs> vice president of football operations. Uh, more and more, it's, it's making sense of why Deshaun Watson needs another team. Make Deshaun Watson. What if Deshaun Watson's manager? leaving messages? Yeah, he should. He should. He should hire Frank Caliendo to yes. start leaving messages to drive up his price or drive down his price. One of the two. Yeah. He probably wants it driven down. That makes more sense for him. All right. Uh, last thing on the NFL right now. JJ Watt. Oh, John Clayton named the Raiders as a dark horse team to land JJ Watt. Although Tennessee, Green Bay, and Buffalo are the top three. Plus. Diana Rossini reported that Watt has already received an offer of at least $15 million for next season. So, if you're the Raiders, are you signing him to a $15 million deal this offseason? Oh, yes. It's a tough question. I'd probably say yes, although we talked about this yesterday with the cap and all the needs they have. And obviously, they're going to move. You know, I think Joyner's gone. They're going to have to move more cap off that roster. But, ah. Oh. I think that's really tough, but at the end of the day, yes, I sign him. You make that money back in marketing. Yeah, I, I sign him if if he if you can get it for yesterday. He saw seventeen and eighteen out there, but if it's fifteen, and he's obviously the most important position you need, despite his age and he's been hurt, uh, it's still JJ Watt. Like Jared said, I do. You know, you get him. That's a big deal for your franchise. I probably find a way to give him the fifteen million. Jared, you know, making money in marketing doesn't increase the amount you can spend against the salary cap, right? Yes, but I'm saying I'm willing to cut people in order to be like, <laughs> hey, we've only won seven games, but we have the number seven selling best-selling jersey, and it's randomly J.J. Watt. I mean, yes, but the, the, the issue with for the Raiders isn't that we don't think they have money to pay J.J. Watt, though if he's Khalil Mack, maybe that is an issue. The issue is you've got to sign like seven new starters on defense, and if you sign Watt, that probably means you can't do that. But I... You still do it. Like the I mean, idea. Okay, well then shut yeah. up. Your argument's just bad, Jared. It's a bad argument. We but all you agree. agree with me. You just have the worst argument of the three of us. Doesn't um, matter. I'm right. Because that's my take. So because the Raiders need high end players. Like if they go out and sign a bunch of guys that are third tier free agents, the defense probably isn't changing very much. JJ Watt's older. He's coming off injuries. So maybe JJ Watt isn't going to be a high end defensive end uh, for the next few years. But. There's a chance he is, and there's a chance that he's better than every other defensive end you have. So you sign yeah. him no matter what. You probably still need a d decent interior guy as well. So, like, whatever, go sign a Dominican Sue if you can. But, yeah, you're signing J.J. Watt if you can. I still think he's probably good enough and intriguing enough to where if you really can sign him and he wants to come, if you go against it and let him go somewhere else, it's going to look really bad. I'm like, if, if he he would if he actually came out and said, okay, that's the team I want to play for, and this is the deal, and you don't do it, and let's say he ends up in Buffalo and they go to the Super Bowl, I mean, you look horrible. So 
I think he's still good enough to where you have to sign him if he if if you can come to a contract agreement with him. I I can't I, you can't pass on him. All right, coming up next, should UNLV want David Jenkins back next season? Bischoff's briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's briefs. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. It's never too early to look ahead to next season. David Jenkins told Mike Grimala, because Mike Grimala wrote a story on Jenkins and asked him about uh, his future and if he thinks he's going to come back. And David Jenkins said, I'm just living in the moment with my teammates. I haven't thought about that. I'm trying to stay present. I love being here at UNLV. It's been a blessing being here. So, Bischoff's brief today is going to look at David Jenkins and if he should come back to UNLV because we all expect roster turnover this offseason. This year has not been good enough. Next year, they need to at least make a run, you know, to the NCAA tournament bubble, and the roster is going to have to improve in order to do that. Jenkins is interesting because Jenkins is a player that has been called out by TJ Otzelberger. He's been taken out of the starting lineup, but he's also a player that followed TJ Otzelberger to UNLV from South Dakota State. And on top of that, he's the number two scorer on this team. 14.7 points per game. He's still shooting over 40% from three. He has had a good shooting season, a good scoring season for UNLV. But he's not a great defender. He doesn't create much off the dribble offensively, right? He, he is a limited player in that aspect. But I think UNLV needs David Jenkins back next year. I think his shooting skill set is good enough that he can help a team that has legitimate NCAA tournament hopes. So I, if I'm UNLV, if I'm TJ Atzelberger, I'm trying to keep David Jenkins for next season. I'm trying to bring him back, doing whatever I can to bring him back. But the key here is you want David Jenkins back, but you want him back as, say, the fourth best offensive player on the team. You can't have a team where David Jenkins is the second best offensive player on the team. You need him to be pushed down the pecking order. And to give a you know hypothetical offseason, let's say Bryce Hamilton stays. That's a player that's better than David Jenkins. And let's say they land an impact point guard in the transfer portal, right? That's a guy that conceivably is better offensively than David Jenkins. And then let's just throw in Arthur Kaluba. He's a top 50 freshman coming in. Maybe he can be a good offensive player as a freshman. There's a lot of ifs in there. But if all of that were to happen, UNLV would have Bryce Hamilton, who is a shot creator on offense. And then you would hopefully have a point guard playing with him that would help Bryce Hamilton's efficiency, for one, but also be a shot creator that can get to the rim, create layups, but also break down the defense and find open shooters. And then if Arthur Kaluma can do a little bit of that, you have a third option offensively that can be an above-average creator. If they got all three of that, and then all of a sudden you're talking about David Jenkins, he doesn't have to create any offense himself. David Jenkins is now in a role where he can catch and shoot from three or catch and pump fake and take a shot off of one dribble. All of a sudden, 
David Jenkins' value skyrockets because if you are if you have to worry about somebody that can actually dribble all the way to the rim like a you know transfer point guard in this scenario could now you're putting defenses in a position where they have to decide do I help off of David Jenkins who's shooting 43% from 3 to stop a layup or do I stay on David Jenkins to prevent a 43% shooter from getting an open 3 that's legitimately a perfect role for him the problem is, is UNLV's got to find like two, maybe three guys if Bryce Hamilton leaves to fill that role. And because of that, I think they should want David Jenkins back next year. I think ultimately he's a role player and that role is to be a shooter, to be a great shooter because he's shown that in multiple years of college that he can shoot it really well. So if I'm UNLV, I want David Jenkins back. I'm doing everything I can to bring David Jenkins back but I've got to bring him back as the fourth best offensive player or maybe third best offensive player. You can't go into next season with David Jenkins and expect him to be the number two offensive guy on a team that has any chance at making the NCAA tournament. It's a big suitcase I lost to unpack there, but we'll try. Um, <laughs> so I never, ever, I, I've learned over the years, I never now ever try to make in, you know, um, judgments on if a kid's coming back. You've seen kids that are, you know, that should go by far and they could stay and kids that have no business leaving and go. And there's just so many, it's like Everett Gray said, there's so many other between parents and AAU coaches and handlers. There's so many more voice, so many voices in a kid's ear. Now I just always wait to for him to make a decision. Cause who knows, should he come back basketball wise? Of course, there's no question. He needs more time at this level. If you know, he's going to well, play for much going, money. Anyway. He's not going pro anywhere. No, I mean, I, mean, well, you know, I mean, there's some weird leagues in Europe or somewhere around the world he might make a little money at, but you know, he's not going pro anywhere. So in that sense, he should come back. And yet, a lot of times they don't for whatever reason. I, If Bryce Hamilton leaves, which I think he will, I will say that I'd be shocked if they could ever get to the point where David Jenkins is their fourth best offensive player. That would, to me, really take a lot to get into that portal when you're battling power five schools and other schools for really good players that you could find three better players. Now, Kaluma, they already have, I get that. So maybe you're counting on him being, you know, a better offensive player than David Jenkins believe that, you know, we have to believe that when we see it, we're not sure because he'll be a freshman, but I just think given where, you basketball is right now, uh, where the program has been for a, a long time. Now you get into that portal and start battling people at a much higher level. It's going to be hard for them. It just is. So, I think, yeah, I mean, look, if he's the fourth best offensive player on the team next year, they're probably going to the NCAA tournament. They should at least be contending for an NCAA tournament berth. I'm just not sure if Bryce Hamilton leaves if they could get to that point. I I think that would be a stretch for them. Yeah, it'll be incredibly difficult because I don't even know if they're going to be able to find the impact point guard. That Who knows they, if they're going to get that, that guy. Guy. Right, because yeah. if you... If you look right now, the transfer portal, and granted, the season's not over. There's going to be a lot more names that are in the transfer portal oh, yes. once the season ends. Oh, yes. But right now, the point guard market, there's not. There's not many point guards you look at and say, that guy you know is going to make a difference if he came to UNLV. There's just not many options out there. So there'll be some names, and there'll be some guys they can chase once the season ends. But that's going to be difficult to find that. But that's 
to me, that's what Otzelberger has to do. If he can't do that, it's a failed offseason, and, and year three is going to be a failure as well. And all of a sudden, we're talking about the hot seat and how long is the T.J. Otzelberger era going to last. To me, it's more of an issue of it's not so much can they find the guys. It's he has to find the guys because yeah, otherwise – he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, otherwise next year is not going to be pretty, and, and yeah, it's not going to be great for T.J. Otzelberger. No. But if they can find – because. Uh, UNLV, depending on how good the two are, UNLV could conceivably do it if, if David Jenkins was your third best offensive player. But the other two ahead of him have to be, you know, really good. But here, the whole thing with UNLV's roster right now, you can apply what I just said about David Jenkins to most of the guys on the roster. Like if you went, you know, Caleb Grill, Devin Tillis, Moses Wood, and Bakke Zhang, like they've got a lot of good role players. All those guys have a talent. All those guys are good at something to where, yeah, he's useful. You could have him on an NCAA tournament team as long as, you know, he's your fourth or fifth best starter or he's coming off the bench. The problem is UNLV has to start those guys. Caleb Grill has to play 35 minutes. Devin Tillis is all of a sudden playing like 25 minutes a night. And Bakke Zhang is one of the most important players on this team. If you can find a way to bring in two or three players that are just better than everybody on the roster right now, that's how you can make the tournament because they've got good role players. They've got guys that are good at basketball. They just need somebody on the offensive end that can break down a defense and make it easier for everybody else. And then they need guys on the defensive end that can actually defend because the defense has been atrocious the entire season with like maybe Caleb Grill is the only good defender this entire year. Yeah, and again, they have an opportunity next year if he's able to rebuild this thing. Look, Utah State lose Kata. Alston's gone. Mitchell and Shackler are going to be gone from San Diego State. These teams are going to lose people. The only team I would say, and I think I actually think they're going to be a top 25 team next year if they bring back their guards is Nevada because they've got three or four transfers sitting out that are supposedly terrific. And I think Reno's going to be really good next year. But there's an opportunity in year three for him if you, he does what you're saying in terms of getting that point guard and better offensive players to where – given what some of these teams are going to lose, he's got to make a push next year. There's going to be no excuses next year, given how some teams will take a step back, given who they're going to probably lose and who, you know, and, and his ability to put guys in, you know, or to go and get guys that are going to make them better. Um, it's just going to be really disappointing if they're not top three next year. Everything's in front of them. This is not a good league. There are three or four teams right now. You can say they're going to be better if they even brought just back this team. But they have to be they they have to do a better job than that. So, you know, we've said it all along. You've said it all along. He's got to contend next year. There's no excuses. You're not in the Big Twelve. You're not in the ACs. You're not in these schools where it's hard to jump people. You have got to contend next year to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they 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 have to be on the NCAA tournament bubble in yes. a, a year from now. They 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 don't have to me. They don't have to make it. Like if they miss the NCAA tournament next year, that's that's fine. But we can't be sitting here on February 26th and they have zero shots at no. the NCAA tournament. That that cannot be what's happening. They can't be sitting here where they're, you know, equal with Fresno State and they're four no. or five games behind Colorado State or Boise yeah. State or, or whatever it is. Like, they've got to be a legitimate contender in the conference and ultimately a legitimate bubble team next year even if they miss it even if they you know if they're on the bubble and they lose the last three games of the regular season it'll be a failure but at least they'll there'll be some progress yes. and some hope yes. as to oh look at that they actually had a well, chance to to fail and miss the ncaa tournament i mean at worst next year you put it right there at worst next year they have to be colorado state which is a team that is a top four team 
They're on most bubbles. I mean, people have now taken them out, but I've seen Lenardi, I think, has them last four in. Some have last four in. Like, they have to be in that conversation. Would it be better if they're San Diego State or Boise right now and you're kind of in? Yes, of course. But you can't come back in year three in the win now program and not be on the bubble. You, you just can't do that. So if you're telling me they're Colorado State next year, yes, it's a it's bad if you miss, but it's showing progress to where you're like, all right, you kind of got it going now and you're in that conversation. All right, coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show as we make her feel bad for not being engaged. Yeah. If you believe yep. how much she hates her own dog. Oh, she hates the dog. Hates I've it. never I've never seen a dog owner just, just miss one of her own dogs as much as Cassie Soto does. It's sickening. She joins us tomorrow at 8.30. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Cassie Soto. Follow her on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. Cassie, how are you today? Hey, Hello. really good. I'm glad you guys tweet out that I'm going to be on the show or else I would have totally spaced it again. <laughs> yeah, we, we just put no you out there. and me. <laughs> I mean, knowing that you sleep in every day and you don't really get to work very often uh, early, we just put that out there hoping someone will tell you you're on. Hey, Cass, it's your, yeah, you're up. <laughs> well, I saw yeah. it, so thanks. Ed, are you calling Cassie out for being late to work? No, Cassie's doing a great job with uh, 7 at 7, uh, the Review Journal's uh, new um, great product there in the morning night night, which means I think she does things for both both broadcasts, which means she's up to working 14 minutes a day with the uh, 7, <laughs> 7 times 2. She's working with 14 minutes a day. I don't know what she puts on the time card, but I'm pretty sure she's up to 14 minutes. So I think, she's, I think Cassie's doing a solid job. Let's just round it up to 15, can we? Okay, all right, we'll, we'll okay. round it up, we'll round it up. What did you, uh, what'd you get, Car- what'd you get, Lo- we all love Los, well, we like him more than uh, most of anyone in the family, but uh, it was your dad's, Carlos's, uh, we know everyone at UNLV knows Carlos, what'd you get him for his birthday, did- I hope you treated him better than you do that second dog of yours. So he was being such a brat and wasn't telling us what he wanted, um, and he just said, get me a Suncoast gift card, so I just slid him a, a hundo and called it a day. <laughs> That's wow. all he wanted. That's it. That's it. Wow. Well, yeah. You didn't. You didn't bake him any cakes and fail spectacularly. <laughs> a banana bread. You know what? Yeah. I have the mix. I have the pre-made mix. I could do a banana bread, but I'll leave the baking anybody... to the sister. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants your baking though. No, no, no. No. I did. Well, I just... well, actually, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, I had the whole family over for dinner. I did salmon. Really asparagus, broccoli, and some really yummy potatoes in the air fryer. We got an air yeah. fryer, and that thing's incredible. That, that, that's, a, that's a layup meal. That's a layup meal. <laughs> how, oh, how, easy, how, easy are those, how easy are those four things to make? What, that take you 10 minutes? Salmon, you he throw that in for 10 salmon. minutes, and it's good. Oh, come, come on. Do something, do, something, do something like that's difficult or hard. Make a turkey or a roast or something. Salmon's in for 10 minutes. Everything's good to go. A turkey in February? Yes. What is I mean, wrong see, with you? Basting it, stuffing it. There's a lot of things that go into turkey salmon. We do that all the time around here. So, I mean, it's basically you throw it in and it's good. Do they even sell full turkeys not in the month of November? Yeah, you yes. can find one. Yes, yes they do. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> Oops. I, Cassie, uh, don't feel bad. That's not a stupid question. I don't, even, I don't, I don't uh, believe Jared knows yeah. the answer to that. Chick-fil-A no doesn't way. have it on its menu anymore. That's right. So, it is know. not on Chick-fil-A's menu. They don't have a full turkey, so nothing nothing to see here. Um, hey, Ed, I do have a question for you real quick. 
So right. I was just on Twitter making sure I was up to date with the latest news in case you guys pop quiz me. <laughs> and I right. saw you respond to a post of like a modern day typewriter. Yes, yes. What is that? Okay, so uh, let me bring you up to date. When you started out in sports writing a while back, the big thing in sports writing was a Tandy Shack 8. It was a it was a, your laptop that you worked on at games that there were actually couplers in. When you're on deadline at Sarah High in San Diego, you have to push the payphones into the couplers and dial up the number. You hear a beep, and I'm telling you, Cassie, you know like when I couldn't sleep in the room with the paper because if you moved, the lights went on? Yeah. This was this was one of those situations where you put the phone in the couplers and you held your breath and didn't move that computer because if you bumped it at all, it was going to knock you off. But the big thing in sports writing back then is you kind of didn't know if you were going to make in the business if they kept you at the Tandy Shack. But once they called you in and said, Eddie, you're doing a great job. We're going to give you a Tandy Shack with a flip screen. You've made it, baby. It's over. So once I got my flip screen, I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. So, did the flip screen help the signal at all? Like, did that improve it at all? No, it was still couplers, but it was you just felt cool in the press box flipping up your screen while the guys to your left and right didn't have one. You look over and said, well, good luck to you. I've got the flip screen. <laughs> so, I see, I see. So did you, you had to plug the phone oh, into yeah. this machine here? Yes. There's many nights in North County, San Diego, Torrey Pines High. I went down to the 7-Eleven. You have to do the couplers, uh, you know, two black couplers, and you put the phone in it. You hit, you hear the beep, you, you dial the number, you hear bzzz. That's when you hit F8 on the Tandy, and then you see your story going across the screen, and you hope like hell it goes all the way, because if it cuts out in half of it, you got to do it all over again. <laughs> what happens if there was a typo? Cassie, I don't do typos. Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> There was, by the way, there was no spell. There was no spell check on the Tandy eight hundred. So you, but you, you better not make any spell checks because it did not have the button for the smell spell check. In the picture, in the picture you responded to, it looked like the screen was really little. Granted, this was not the flip screen, but like, how right. many lines of your story could um, you read on the screen? I think you could read on the small one without the flip screen. Maybe at the most four. That's good. When you got the flip screen, you got up to like eight or 12. You could read more of your story. The, the small one was hard. That was a hard one to do. Oh, man. <laughs> and and it, it, the best part about this is I'm pretty sure, I think I'm render, remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure those things took batteries. Oh, no. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the case because I'd always need those AAA batteries, and I'm pretty sure that was for the Tandy. That's AAA. <laughs> yeah, that that that's vintage, man. That is vintage. That's cool. Yeah. All right, Cassie, we have an important question for you. Okay. Um, would you be okay with your wedding being during the same time as an outdoor NHL game at Lake Tahoe? <laughs> did that happen? Gosh dang it! Did I miss this too? Yes, that this did happen. There was a a wedding that was scheduled for the same day as Bruins and Flyers at Lake Tahoe. The NHL assumed the couple would move their wedding. They did not, so the wedding happened at the same time as the game. Wow. Um. Well, what did they show the wedding happening? Like, hey, here's the first intermission. Here's the wedding happening. Let's tune over to, to the wedding. No, your wedding did not make it on TV. They did get to take a picture with Gritty, but they did not oh. make it on TV. Oh, goodness. No, nah, we're moving it. <laughs> okay, we're moving okay. It. Okay, don't, don't, again, it's like with the weird, it's like with doing an easy meal for the parents. You oh, aren't moving on. anything. 
If they told you to go out on a kayak on that lake where I was yelling at people for their phone numbers to interview them, you and the white dress would be on that kayak in five minutes if it meant you getting married. Absolutely. Maybe, but no. (laughs) Would can beggars be choosers? Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, I guess if they do another outdoor game in Lake Tahoe like 18 years from now, then maybe there's a chance that my wedding would happen the same time, but I doubt it. Well, we were saying that, you know, with all the the down, especially at that place, I was there. I mean, it's Edgewood is just, you know, it's like breathtaking. It's gorgeous right on the lake. So I can only imagine the deposits they put down. And when the NHL came to them and said, you got to move, it's like, no, we don't think so because we put down all these deposits at this place. Yeah, and especially right now, too, like to have a wedding, I mean, still during the pandemic, like I know people were not like getting refunds back. Like it was a whole thing because these places were like, now we're keeping your cash. So, yeah, that would be hard. All right, Cassie, can you give me your top three mascots that you would want to be involved in your proposal? Can I still say Hey Reb? Yes, you can still say Hey Reb. Somewhere already? We will not eliminate Hey Reb from your list. So Hey Reb's on the list. Hey Reb. Um, you know who I really like is the Baltimore Ravens because there's three of them and they're all they're named Edgar Allen and Poe. So does that count as <laughs> oh, one? Oh, <good> God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can take the Edgar Ravens, Allen and Poe. And then we'll, make, we'll keep it local here. How about the Raider Rusher? That oh, my guy. God. You want the Raider Rusher anywhere around you? My dad would. My dad would love it. Uh, you're, okay, no, no. I know your dad's a Raider fan, but there are not Raider fans that actually like the Raider Rusher. You're right. Hmm. Okay. Is it weird? Horrifying. Is it weird that I'm? Is it weird that I'm right now saying who the heck is that? Ed, Look at Raider Ed. Rusher. Ed, just Google Raider Rusher, and you'll, okay. we'll know and when you're horrified. Okay, <laughs> it'll be audible. Raider Rusher mascot. All right, let's see this guy. Um. I think I've seen him. Maybe you. Okay, first of all, Mickey Mouse. But anyway, at the end of the day, if if you're having any kind of ceremony without gritty, we can't be friends anymore. Come on, Mickey just Mouse will you just go one. with the best there is, the best in the best in the history of mascots, and just ask Gritty to come to your wedding. What is he supposed to be? Like a Sesame Street character, like gone rogue? Yeah, he's he's gritty. That doesn't matter. He's he's snowboarding down mountains and and dry and riding in helicopters. I mean, it, who cares what he is? Look at all the stuff this kid does. His hands Gritty? have squeakers in them. Yes. cooler than us. My goodness. Oh, absolutely. That's, well, that's not even. Yes. <laughs> what absolutely. a life to live. I think. I think mm-hmm. Hayreb was in the was in the helicopter when T.J. Alsaberger was announced head coach, right? <laughs> was he? he in the helicopter? <laughs> I, mean, I think he was. I think he was on the ground <laughs> <That> and <laughs> waiting for T.J. Alsaberger. <laughs> I was going to uh, say that might have been a bad omen. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine tj saying who are you i'm hey rub but i won't be around in a year so you might as well like me now all right hold on ed though on on gritty here i i love gritty but i would not want gritty at my engagement or my wedding because gritty's gonna steal the show and both of those are supposed to be about me you're right yeah well okay tyler i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a credit there because you and i both know when this thing finally goes down it will be about cassie soto this will this will be about cassie soto you guys have a side bet over there who's gonna get engaged first tyler or me no 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 it's mike grimala gets married before you get engaged yeah does mike have a girlfriend yeah no no he does not no 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 
And and by the way, he's the betting favorite at the book, yeah, so that no. kind of puts it in perspective. <laughs> Dang it. How, how is you know we we may we talk so much about this and we never ask you how is Big E how, how's that kid doing is, is he is he still playing soccer on your birthday and like leaving the house and like special occasions you know what's so funny he hasn't played in like a, in a minute you shamed him you shamed him out of playing soccer God. you got mad at him on Christmas Day for oh. going to play soccer and now he's afraid to <laughs> poor E we 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 love I was E really sad I mean, he left me like what was i supposed to do we already went over this yes he spent christmas eve and half a christmas yeah. day with you it was perfectly fine and you shamed him now he doesn't even want to play anymore whatever oh, but he's fine fish, sure. if you <laughs> if you could be in a domestic really you know those things you go to city hall and they still do kind of the you sign papers and jared what is it called like a domestic relationship but you don't really do, you don't take marriage? that final well, you don't take that final plunge with like rings oh, and like a, domestic a real partnership. Yes, like a domestic yeah. partnership where you're not really saying to death do those parts because if you end up not liking the guy, you're like, yeah, I didn't really say all that stuff. Like, would you take that right now? Are you so scared it's never going to happen? Would you agree to a domestic partnership at this point? Probably, but you know what I think I really want more than anything is to just be engaged. <laughs> like I could be, I think. If, like, we could be engaged for, like, 20 years, and I think I would be okay with that. Oh, See, you say that now, but as soon as yeah. you're engaged for more than, like, 12 months, then it then oh, this yeah. just turns into you being angry about not getting married. Well, the thing is, we have such large families, the both of us, so I know. I am fully aware how expensive this thing would be. But if we're just engaged, then it's like, okay, I'm happy because I have the pretty ring, like... <laughs> Let's you'd love to be able to go to life. parties and you'd love to yes. be able to go to parties that's, and say, or you know what you would, about. you want, you want your Facebook thing changed to engage. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, That'd be nice. Absolutely. She, she's, yes. she's the one checking her like former high school classmates. Like, yes. How yes. is she engaged? She just met him. <laughs> you know what? I do do that. Oh God. No. <laughs> Cassie, I'm, no. a hater. I'm a certified hater. about this guy how how are they so comfortable to get engaged already one oh. girl one girl i know has been engaged twice already to two different guys <laughs> did she keep the one. did she keep did she keep the ring on the first one? Oh, i'm not that close i didn't ask oh. be, i mean I, you kind of would you you have no. to right no pawn it? um well you pawn it don't you yeah no you give it back yeah Unless he's saying, like, it's like from my guy. grandmother or it's, like, a family yeah. heirloom. Oh, okay. If he just yeah. went to K Jewelers and bought it, I think you're keeping it and pawning it. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pawn it? Oh, Jesus. I got mine back in a freaking uh, manila envelope, so. <laughs> oh. Oh, <no>. uh. <laughs> wow. That opens up a lot of questions. Find oh, out next in the dessert menu. <laughs> Thanks, Cassie. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Cassie. Thanks, guys. See you, kid. Working 14 uh, minutes. Get back to work. You got 14 minutes left. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I don't know what's in the dessert menu, but it might be Jared's <laughs> past life. Let's end the show with something sweet. This is the dessert menu. Brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Prioritizing people over profit. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And...
This has been the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com. <laughs> so that was Pete Weber nine years ago. Uh, Pete Weber is a bowler, if you're unaware. I don't even know what the uh, situation was. I don't know. What was he bowling in and that when he got so pumped to yell, who do you think you are, I am? Um, I have no idea. But that was nine years ago, and it's one of the greatest pieces of audio that's ever been captured in sports. I just What a bowler he was. <laughs> great, that guy. Pete Weber. Remember, that kid was a staple in a, a wide world of sports on ABC. It's really the only time they put bowling on television. Actually, I think it was. Well, I think that kid was uh, on hey, ABC Wild World Sports. They put they they put bowling on ESPN and ESPN two, along with darts and cornhole. Yeah, bowling is the uh, ten a.m. staple on ESPN when everybody changes to CBS and Fox to watch the NFL. ESPN puts bowling. Yeah, that's actually no. You're a hundred. Oh my God, you're a hundred percent right. That's 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 when bowling's on TV. Is when everybody else is watching the NFL on different channels. ESPN puts bowling on. Um, but Pete Weber, uh, yeah, that's nine years old. That today, which is uh, is that? I think that's my second favorite quote by uh, somebody in sports or piece of audio. My favorite is uh, Mike Gundy yelling, "I'm a man. I'm 40. Yes, uh, that's, that's always the oh, that was the best. Yeah, that's that by the far best. the most quotable yeah. thing. And somehow he still has a job. That, that, that was like <laughs> yeah, right. 16 years ago, and he's still there. A good friend of mine who's now higher in the athletic department, he's like number two in the athletic department, the time at of that was Mike Gundy's um, SID for football standing in the oh, back of the room. Oh, and just God. And he's told me when that happened, immediately was like, uh-oh, because he knew <laughs> – that that would never not be played like for the next 50 years like that. He kind of, he's a really good SID. That's why he's, you know, number two in the department now, but they kept moving him up. But he said, he's standing in the back of the room and obviously, you know, you know, the story Gundy's going after the female reporter for writing something about a kid or whatever. Um, But he's in the back of the room and it's getting worse for him, for Gundy. And he said, when he said, you know, when he said that I knew, Oh no, because that's just something people are going to take and run with. And, and as it happens, it still has, you still hear it on things. <laughs> it's like the kid. Who, it's like the kid who cost me money. Boom goes to dynamite. He'll be around forever. Oh TV. God. The kid that uh, cost yeah. you money. I, yeah. I love the, the SID view. Anytime oh. a coach or a player does something like that. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. Cause they're the ones who are going to have to take the brunt of it. Okay, so back when we had, uh, when we were having sort of sporadic coronavirus uh, updates from the government, that was genuinely like what it looked like for the doctors in the background. Was like the SID going, yeah. "Oh God, no!" Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's not. Nice. You know, you're not getting we, away from that. We missed out because Marcus Arroyo turned 41 in January. He was forty this whole last year, and we didn't. I, I we didn't get him to yell, "I'm a man. I'm 40. Uh, sir, uh, are you a man? <laughs> the is... only time the only time we see yelling from there is when we're rolling dice on Twitter, baby. Rolling the <laughs> dice, another big day for the Rebs. That has got to be the funniest thing to say when you're mad at a reporter. Yeah. is hey, you need to criticize me because I'm a man and I'm, I'm forty. 40. Jeez. That was, and here, you know what the funny thing about that is, especially, you know, Boone Pickens is gone now and he was the kind of, you know, obviously the billionaire who kind of gave them so much money. And over the years, you kind of heard, you know, because they weren't playing for national championships that Pickens was, you know, he's, 
kind of grown stale on Gundy for a while, and he had given so much money. You make a good point. Like, I'm shocked he still has, he's still there because they're usually pretty good, but they got a ton of money from that guy. And I would have thought at some point they're like, look, man, you got to get to that playoff. We got to do a little more here. And they haven't. And now I think he's pretty, can't he say I'm a man? I'm 50. I think that's uh, over 50, 10 years ago, right? 53. He is 53. Okay. okay. So 13 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And he's still there. Yeah. So, so Gundy's been at Oklahoma state since 2005. Wow. Uh, they, so he's like the perfect coach in terms of he's not bad enough to get fired because right, he hasn't had right. a he hasn't had a losing record since his first season. Yeah. But it's also like he's not good enough to, you know, take another job or demand a massive payday cuz you know, the last 3 years 7 and 6, 8 and 5, 8 and 3. Like they're good, yeah. they're just not like ever really good, so he's going to be there forever going 8 and 5. Roll the dice, baby. It's a big man. Game. All I can think of, though, is if you picture him at 40 and Tom Brady at 43. Yeah. Well, he's the mullet guy, I'm a right? boy. I'm 43. It? I mean, does he still have the mullet? Wasn't that the big deal with Gundy? Yeah. Did he shave it during the season or did he keep know. it the entire season? I don't know. He's got a mullet. It's terrible.